Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Scrapyard. I'm your host, Nathan Mealpolder, joined here by Taylor. Why can't you hack Junkrat's old? And Xavier. Would you believe me if I told you we just did three takes of dumb bits to get to this point? Today, we're talking <laughs> about the Overwatch League. We're going to be talking specifically about the 222 lockout coming in. Possibly touch on Sigma a little bit, even though that's not Overwatch League, but it is Overwatch League adjacent. We're also going to finish off last stage's capture point while starting the new stages. If you want to find us on social media, you can do that at Instagram and Twitter, at Scrapyard Media. You can also find us anywhere you listen to podcasts or play video games, all at that same name of at Scrapyard Media. You can also find us on YouTube. Roll intro. You come from a land down and welcome back. Let's get right into Capture Point with the announcement of the winner of the Stage 3 Game of Capture Point. And your Stage 3 winner is... Taylor! She managed to hold the point three times, whereas Xavier only held it twice, but he did capture once. This is bullshit, man. Look, <laughs> don't hate the player, or me, hate yourself. Anyways, let's get right into this next Stage of Capture Point. So our first game of Stage 4, Week 1, is Houston versus Paris. Now, while they, you know, pick their answers, I'll explain Capture Point for anyone who hasn't enjoyed us playing it before, hasn't had the pleasure. Pretty much, it's our way of giving our predictions for the week, but get to debate and earn points for having, you know, them good hot takes or having interesting opinions or points. Anyways, reveal your prediction. Houston 3-2. Houston 3-2. Hey. So in this case, there is no need for debate, and we will move right along into the next game, which is the Gladiators versus the New York Excelsior, unless one of my fine friends has something to say. No, I wanted to explain the 3-2 thing, and I feel like this is going to go for a lot of this week, at least with my picks, and maybe this is kind of your rationale too, Taylor, is I think a lot of these games are going to be kind of ugly, Yeah. because 2-2-2 two, two, two is such a dramatic shift that these teams haven't played dive in a year. Mm -hmm. And they've, if they'd start, if they did play double sniper, it was double sniper in a world where goats was still a thing, or you could go triple DPS. So this is such a new thing, and teams haven't had time to really practice dive or double sniper or or bunker in a two 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 world. So I think a lot of these games are going to be really close, just because teams are going to be sloppy with their dives. They're going to be sloppy with their two two twos and positioning and stuff. So that'll lead to a lot of, like, five-map games or really, really ugly 3-1s or something like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I just think it's something that, again, like you said, there's so many teams that haven't really played this style that I can just see them falling behind and it being just really scrappy. And moving into the Gladiators versus the New York Excelsior, I think these are both very interesting teams. They're both... Um, I think New York Excelsior generally in the uh, the main part of the stage is stronger than the Gladiators, but they do tend to choke, so that's a thing. Reveal. Uh, NYXL 4-0. NYXL 4-0. Is there, is there any... I will physically fight anyone that even gives the Gladiators a map, because the Gladiators have, haven't proven the ability to, to even touch the New York Excelsior. And if we remember from last year, Gladiator struggled with 2-2-2, so they weren't as dominant last year until closer to the end, so I can see them again falling behind now at the end of their 
uh, season. Yeah, I just, I just, you, their roster is nasty. I mean, they have Decay now, who is going to be one of the top players in the league. Yeah, Decay is nasty. But New York Excelsior just hasn't, they haven't done anything this stage. They've won a lot of regular season games, but when it comes down to, you need to have this defining win, whether it be in the playoffs or whether it be in the regular season, they've been four out. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think this is just going to be the same case. Yeah. And the next up, we got the Charge versus the Fusions. And you know, both these teams are pretty middle, middle ground. Neither of them are exemplary. I've heard some people saying that with two two two, they think Philly is going to be the top team. Don't. There are a agree lot of people that are saying Philly is. I, I saw. Um, I can't remember who on Twitter, but it's somebody with like a name on Twitter had Philly number two. And I just don't get it. I mean, yeah. this might telegraph my pick, but, you know, Philly does have an incredible roster, but they do have glaring weaknesses in that roster that we'll get into later. Three, yeah. two, one, reveal. Charge, three, one. Uh, charge, three, one. This yeah. is a boring game of we are very, We're the same. The Charger, yet again, something we'll talk about later, but the Charge have such a nasty roster that yeah. they're going to, I think they're going to take a and huge been, jump this stage. And they've been mm-hmm. proving themselves in the last couple of games leading up to... Uh, the like finals and yeah, everything they stronger. were they were impressive and then after that last game of thursday we have oh a, a rematch a bit of a rematch yeah this is a we got those who have fallen from grace and those who started at the bottom and are now here oh. shanghai versus vancouver you know i don't blizzard does the game of the week thing is this is it this is this the official game of the week it should I be. feel like this 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 is the best game. Knowing them, they'll probably put us Toronto versus yeah, Washington. Like, yeah, but... like what are we doing? But this is easily the game of the week. I think this is the best. This is uh, I'm terrified. This is gonna be, yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be such a great game. It's it's gonna be a fun game. I think out of all the games, it's one of the yeah. This is easily fun. the best of this week. I mean, this whole day is incredible. Yeah, so it'll be fun. It's a good start to this uh, stage. Reveal. Uh, I have dragons three two. Dragons three one. Oh. Um, I'm giving the Dragons a quicker win. I, yet again, another thing that we'll talk about later, but the Dragons are riding on a high, and I believe in momentum a lot. And Vancouver, I think it's going to take a while for them to... I think they are going to be great, but I think it's going to take a while for them to really figure out how they're going to navigate through 2-2-2, with Bumper being the major issue uh, with this team. Just figuring out how you're going to use him. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're going to put up a fight, but the Dragons are on one right now. Yeah. And before we move into Friday, we have a quick ad for y'all to keep our little studio afloat. Hey guys, Xavier here. Uh, this is a very early ad, but we want to remind you to check out our YouTube channel, at Scrapyard Media. Later this week, we'll have a video on the top five players that can harness Sigma's power to the fullest extent. <laughs> So, moving right into Friday after that fun little ad, we got Toronto and Washington, two teams. Yeah, this is um, this is kind of like a, we might find out if one of these teams kind of escapes the dregs of the bottom tier. Yeah. Because both teams, you know, this is like a, this is an opportunity to revitalize yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also an opportunity to just let everybody know that you're still trash. Yeah, this is this is their one shot, their one opportunity. Easily. It's not really, but it could be. You never know. 
This will be the first one. And reveal. Uh, Toronto 3-0. Washington 3-2. Oh. Interesting. I will throw to Taylor first. Um, I said Toronto uh, 3-0 because I feel like Washington will be picking up this time. But I just feel like Toronto, out of all these like bottom tier teams, is the most is most likely to uh, is most likely to rise from the like bottom. They're just they're just the better out of all the like Florida's Washington. Toronto has to be the one that moves forward. And I will cut you there. Shh. And throw to Xavier. After Thirty seconds. Taylor struggles to put together sentences. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with Washington because I think Toronto has some, like, structural issues in the sense of I think not having Stellar on your roster anymore is a big, big issue because I think this meta was made for a guy like Stellar to succeed and you have a glaring hole in somebody that can just come in and click heads. Whereas Washington, now you get to actually have Corey play heroes that Corey Mm -hmm. is good at. And while Corey isn't you know, an elite level DPS, he is a gifted player, and as we've seen, when Corey gets to play Sniper, he clicks heads. He goes off. I'll have to catch you there. So, from what I'm hearing, your opinion is that Toronto's there, but Washington's watching from the other side and about to rise up? I mean, you are struggling, man. You are... You know what? I'm just gonna be uh, going to be hitting it. these puns like Corey hits heads. Now then, we move into the next game of Friday... Dallas versus London. I almost said Dallas versus the Lions, and I don't know why. Oh, okay. This, I, have, I, I don't have much to say about this. This is a the Aces versus the Propane. This is a put up or shut up game for London. Very much. Yeah. Because everybody is having London in their top five mm-hmm. because people remember how good London was last year uh, yep. with Profit actually getting to do Profit things and Birdring getting to do pro- Birdring things. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like one of those prove it stages like you need to be good reveal uh london 3-1 london 4-0 i won with the safe choice it wasn't really that i don't believe in london it's just that i just figured dallas will take some kind of map dallas is just in a in a state where i think london is gonna individual talent you you just go with a team that has profit and fury and bird ring mm-hmm. because even without a lot of you know practice time you know, working with this two 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 thing, you still have Prophet, Bird Ring, and Fury who can just do literally anything. Mm-hmm. And I think Dallas is still figuring out what they want to do because and this can end my time for argument, but it is very interesting to think of last stage they started messing around with Taimu and Harry Hook and they had OG out of the lineup and they brought in Trill and they were mixing everything up. So now I think they're still going to be in that state where do you bring in Taimu? Do you play AKM? Do you, you know, work with Zachary? Do you have Zachary in your slot? Do you bring in OG? Do you stay with Trill? Do you bring in Harry Hook? Like there are so many questions with this roster that I think this first week is going to be rough because mm-hmm. they have so many questions. When did this become an argument? We both voted for London. Yeah, but you just wanted to talk about profit more. I did because profit is incredible. Profit is good. Dallas is the most interesting. Okay, we I'm just got it. Dallas we is, know. Damn, Dallas is the most interesting part of this game. Sure. And that's why I wanted to talk about them. So then we move into the next game. Seoul versus San Francisco. While they're making their writing down their uh, predictions for me to see and for you to hear, 
I want to say that this is an interesting game. It is another kind of put up or shut up type of game. We were claiming that Soul might upset and take out Shock on finals of the last stage. We were wrong. Taylor was right. I was wrong. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> we were wrong. The lady at the table was not wrong. She was correct. Um, but I feel like this is now an interesting time. We can see if Shock has improved since they were defeated by Shanghai, or or we'll see if Soul's gotten better than them and kind of eclipsed them. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be a very interesting game. Absolutely. Reveal. Shock 3-2. Shock 3-2. Wow. Yeah. Just, you go with the better individual talent. I think it's on the basis that Soul has all these people on their bench. They have Fleta. They have all these very good DPS-oriented players. I just feel as though Shock still has the better talent when it comes down to it. Okay. It's just that I feel like Shock will still come out above in the end. And we could be wrong. I just think Shock just is better out of the two teams. Uh, this is another continuity versus questions thing. Yeah. The Shock clearly have continuity. I think they're immediately going to go to Striker Architect. Striker Architect, Smurf, Choi, Moth, and Violet. I think that's going to immediately be their lineup. Mm-hmm. Soul is a team that has so many questions. Do you start Fitz, Marvel, Jexy? You have Fleta still sitting there. You have Jae Hong, who's your consistent force. But the rest of the team, as we've seen in the last few stages, Soul likes to switch up their lineups. So I think Soul is going to be another team where it's going to take them several weeks to really find that mm-hmm. one lineup you go to and know it's going to be great because they have this wealth of talent. Uh, and they've always had a wealth of talent, and it's just been putting it together. And another big meta switch is going to make that even harder. Mm-hmm. And then moving into the last game of Friday, Philly's playing again, but this time they're fighting the Hunters, not the Charge. Oof. This is, this is a game. This is this is uh, interesting. Three, two, one, reveal. Fusions 3-1. Philly 4-0 interesting uh i'll throw to xavier first this time so this game is interesting uh because philly's just straight up better and the biggest issues with Chengdu are their main tank position and will a main even cut it mm-hmm. and quite frankly i don't think a main is going to cut it and philly you know are going to be a little bit more warmed up going into the second game of the week and i think they should just destroy Chengdu. i yep. feel like philly just Again, I took the safe route with the 3-1. I just feel like it could be just one of those assault slash control maps that get away from them. It's the it's what kind of happens with most teams. It's possible. Mm-hmm. And then we move into Saturday, and we have Paris versus Los Angeles. <gasps> is it the Gladiators? No, it is the Valiant. This game is pretty interesting in the sense of the Valiant looked so strong last stage. And they very much did. Is you know it brings up the question: Was that like their peak, and it's kind of downhill, or they're going to plateau, or or is, is this there finally the 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 other question that comes up with this match, which I guess kind of will come up in Houston at the beginning of the week too? Is uh, is this finally the promised land of Paris, where just wait till next stage, just wait till this meta, then they'll be good? Yeah, we've been saying that for a long time. People yeah. have been saying that since Paris became a. I mean, they were supposed to, they were supposed to be the goats team, and then mm-hmm. they weren't the goats team. And no, then, they weren't. You know, um, 
now it's the DPS meta. And... Reveal! Uh, I put Valiant 3-2. Valiant 3-1. Again, no reason to debate. It's just Taylor thinks that, you know, they'll get more maps. That's not that big of a... It's not that deep. Boston versus the Charge. How's that feel? How's that feel to you? Boston versus the Charge. Boston's another weird team. They are a very weird team. They're they're one of those teams that, like, they have a name, and it may just be because I'm American, so I'm like, oh, yeah, Boston. I associate things with that place, so Boston Uprising should be good. I mean, they're, they have pieces. It's just yeah. Boston is one of those, like, perpetually not really good teams, but they are always an upset threat against yeah. the better teams. Like, they're always scrappy. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't necessarily consider them like a, a genuine playoff threat threat. Um, but I mean, this will be another good game. Yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely. Reveal. Boston 3-2. Uh, charge 3-1. Oh. The Charge are going to dominate this stage. I will throw to you. I, I genuinely believe, and I will say this again later, but the Charge are going to dominate this stage. Um, Happy, Hotba, and Shu have been consistently great players in a meta that doesn't necessarily favor them i don't think goats ever really favored their style now that they're we're going to be in a 2-2-2 lock i think happy is going to be unlocked i think hot is going to continue his astoundingly consistent play and you will end there taylor you may begin so i picked boston 3-2 because i feel like even though charge is warming up i can see charge kind of choking in this first like weekend like i know that i said they were going to win the first game but i can see them coming in then the next day being like a little bit too headstrong a little too uh thinking they're better than they actually are and i can see that like boston doing something and coming back and you know getting like either a reverse sweep or something where it's just like well here comes boston doing boston's thing where a team chokes and then they kind of come into steal the win. So you're thinking it'll be more of a case of Guangzhou losing than Boston winning? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. And then we get into Gladiators versus Houston Outlaws. I think that's a uh, that's a match. That's a pairing. They're both interesting interesting teams yeah. to me. Um but there's levels to this shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so Gladiators 4-0. Gladiators 4-0. There's levels to this, and yeah. the Gladiators are just a Like, level Houston above. looks good, but not against better teams, and LA is one of those better teams. Yeah. I think Houston has... It, Houston, I feel, is far more inconsistent than Dallas. I think Dallas does stupid things behind the scenes. Like, I just feel like Houston, the team itself, isn't as strong. Like, Dallas, if they pulled everything together and they actually had, like, solid coaching behind them all the time, 150% of the time, they'd be a really good team. I feel like Houston, on the other hand, is never, ever going to actually be able to be like that. I think Houston banked last stage off the power of their Sombra Goats mm-hmm. and Dante being such an incredible Sombra. Mm-hmm. But now I don't think it's that's, gonna matter that's not much. a factor anymore. Yeah. And this Houston now is heavily reliant on... Jake and Lynx are being monsters, and I just don't think that that's going to happen, especially with a team like the Gladiators, who front to back are filled with just monster players. I mean, Sure mm-hmm. Four, this is this stage is made for Sure Four. <laughs> you know, this stage is made for hydration. This this stage is made for decay, 
you know, and you have Big Goose and, and Shaz who are just consistent forces. Mm-hmm. So, Definitely. I mean, the Gladiators should just easily dismantle them. And then final match of Saturday, we got Atlanta versus Guangzhou. I don't know about this match because both teams are remarkably inconsistent in that sometimes they look amazing, sometimes they look bad. Both of them are new this season, and that may be part of their inconsistency. We don't really have a baseline yet. Like, maybe by next season we'll be like, oh, okay, I get it. And uh, looking back, things will make more sense. But right now, they're just strange teams. There's this weird thing that people seem to think that Atlanta has pulled off, like, wins. You know, like, I feel like when people talk about Atlanta, it always comes off as, like, oh, Atlanta, like, won a few games or made it had like a big upset but atlanta didn't win a game you know mm-hmm. except mm-hmm. you know up until their homestand that's fine yeah but in terms of meaningful games they didn't win and like that homestand that was like basically as rigged as you can rig an overwatch yeah. those are gift wrapped games yeah. uh so three two one reveal spark three one yeah. spark three one yeah, yeah that's pretty fair the spark are going to be the best team in the stage they're their roster is disgusting. Didn't you mm-hmm. say that about somebody else? No, the Spark are going to be the best team in the state. The Charge are going to be top five. Okay. I believe that, but the Spark are easily number one in my book. You think this is like, this is a China stage? Yeah, no, this is going to be a China uh, playoffs right now. Full of Korean players, but, you know, you know. China representatives. <laughs> yeah. We out here. Fair. And then we move into Sunday, and on Sunday we have Shanghai versus Seoul. This is this is an interesting match because this is a match that we semi predicted could have existed in uh, the playoffs. Did it exist in the playoffs? It, it almost was. No, it didn't. Okay. It was it was close. Sure. It could have existed in the playoffs. It just didn't. You know the the Seoul Dynasty just kind of fell apart in the playoffs. They did. They did. They <laughs> they did the New York thing. But I don't know. I feel like this is we're we're seeing the the like finals that could have been. We're seeing this weird alternate reality, and it's playing out on Sunday. Uh, it's interesting because they both have the same record. They're both 12-9 teams. Uh, yeah, so reveal. Shanghai 3-1. Uh, Seoul 3-1. Ooh, we have some discourse. Taylor! I can see why you picked Seoul, so I don't even care if I get a negative point because for a second I was like, Shanghai's going to do that thing, and Seoul's going to be like, oh, this isn't the playoffs. We'll win this match. That's, like, literally what went through my head, but I'm banking on Shanghai just being more solid than they have in the past against Seoul, and I'm banking that Shanghai may not have, like, the older or the better talent overall, but I feel like they have a better team, like, chemistry. Uh, We just need to chill out on the Dragons a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think people are... Looking at the playoffs and kind of seeing the Dragons continuing that, but I definitely feel like that was a peak, and they are going to remain a very, very good team, but I don't see them being like these unstoppable juggernauts, and Seoul has proven to be a consistently really good team, and Shanghai has dropped games against really good teams. You know, they've won when mm-hmm. it matters, and that's great, but, you know, Shanghai is an unbeatable, and um, I think this is one of those, you know, kind of, you get audited and Seoul's going to come through and kind of show you your weaknesses. Um, and I, I definitely think by the second game, Seoul will have their lineup kind of yeah. figured out a little bit. Just a little bit. Not completely, but at least have some kind of inkling of what <laughs> yeah. the optimum lineup is. Mm-hmm. And then we move into the next game, and we have London versus Toronto, which 
Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you say? Because London is a good team, or they have been a good team in the past, and people are, of course, expecting them to be good based on their performance last year. Toronto, on the other hand, is not as great of a team. They don't have a good history currently, and it's just it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be interesting to see if London really pulls through or if they are actually just a bad team now. Go ahead and reveal. Uh, London 3-1. London 3-1. Okay. So, like like we said, they're a good like, team, but they're not 4 0 No, Toronto that easy. will do something. Yeah, I mean, Toronto will they, do something. Towards the end of the last stage, they actually started looking good. They, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's really just kind of off the back of Logics and Mangachu yeah. being added to the team and being really good players. And this meta is made for Logics and Mangachu to get to show their stuff a lot more than Goats was. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the next game, uh, <laughs> with an almost exactly reversed record, we have the Titans versus the Mayhem. You know if you've been listening for literally any amount of episodes besides just this being your first one, our, our relationship with Florida. They are not a good team. I personally wish they were a good team. I don't know why. Maybe I like an underdog, but oh boy. This is this is not a nice game. If this if I saw this in the lineup of like last stage or stage two, I would have weeped laughing. Yeah, you just skipped watching this game. I, yeah. 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 Now that's two two two, maybe something crazy is gonna happen and now that Vancouver weren't looking great, it might be interesting. But go ahead and reveal. Uh Titans four oh. Titans three one. Mm. You think now that's two 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 and Vancouver's looking bad. No, nah, dog, th- this is okay, so more <laughs> NBA comparisons. Ooh. Uh this is Sia players Kemba Walker like season because Kemba Walker has been historically on garbage teams but Kemba Walker has always been a great player mm-hmm. he's always been he's always risen above his station and I think this is Saya players kind of hey I exist but I'm kind of stuck in Florida mm-hmm. season or you know stage where Saya player is going to play out of his mind and not drive them to victories but drive them to map wins against good teams Mm. And I genuinely believe Sia player is a better Widowmaker than anybody that's on the Titans. That's and that's that might come true. into play on a Widowmaker centric map. That's mm-hmm. fair. And then we finally move into the last game of the week: Boston versus the Hunters. It'll be a fun game. It'll be a fun game, but like we said, Boston's scrappy, but they're not. I don't know. So the thing is, again, if you're looking at what history is telling us, but history is again pointing to a pre-222 time period. Uh, you're looking at a very similar matchup that they had earlier. So Boston uh, and the Charge, 8 uh, eight and 13, 9 and 12, and again, 8, 13, 9, 12. Uh, so theoretically, on paper, Chengdu is the better team. But this was pre-222, so who, two, was that too many twos? A lot of twos in that sentence. Who knows? Reveal. Boston 3-1. Boston 3-1. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's fair. They're scrappy. Like, we think Chengdu might have a good time, but who knows? Maybe they won't. Yeah, Chengdu is going to have a rough stage. Yeah, no, I can... It's just, like you said, we don't know about their tank. We don't know about anything else other than that they play these wonky combos. So I feel like Hunters is just going to be the issue and 
they're just not going to do good. They're going to be in that bottom tier like they have been. This is an individual talent thing, too, where I think Color Hex and Blase are yeah. better than Jin Mu and Bacon Jack. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, if Bacon Jack even gets play, <laughs> Bacon Jack was on the bench a lot last time, yeah. but Jin Mu was is guaranteed a starting spot, and I think Color Hex and Blase as a duo is better than anything Chengdu can really throw out there. And let's not forget that Boston still has Fusions, who yeah. is a very good main tank. That yeah. is very true. Uh so ending the first round or the first capture round. Of this stage four of capture point, Xavier has captured the point. So we will be putting that on the massive scoreboard that is very great and beautiful, but you can't see it because this is a podcast. Sad face. Uh, Look for it on Instagram. It might be there. You never know. Don't forget at Scrap Your Media. But let's move straight in. We're going to talk about teams and we're going to be talking about 222 because this is a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. So... What we're going to do is go from what we say is our 20th and our worst team up to our best team. Yeah, worst to best lists are very in right now. Uh, shout out to the music reviewers. They're they meta. A, they do a lot of worst to best lists, so I figured let's 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 ride the wave. Yeah, uh, we're, sure. we are not above clout chasing. <laughs> we we are not above that. Uh, shout out to SoundCloud rappers. So, yeah, we're going to go worst to best. Go ahead. All right, so for 20, uh, I have Florida. I have Dallas. Okay, why do you have Dallas <laughs> as the worst team? I have, It's really interesting. I have Dallas as the worst team because I was going in between Florida and Dallas in the bottom. And I just, I don't know, I feel like Dallas has fallen behind I don't think they're technically terrible, but going into it, I just can see them struggling for a very long time to re-get their footing. And in stage, when a 2-2-2 lock has come into the very last stage, I don't think they have the time to try and turn themselves around like they did before. That's interesting. Um, I have Dallas significantly higher than you. I have Dallas at 13. I have Dallas basically in the middle. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, a couple spaces off. I think Dallas is a benchmark team. If you're, it's like the Dallas line, you know, if you're better than Dallas, mm-hmm. you're pretty high. But if you're worse than Dallas, it's it's bad for you. And I have Dallas at that mid-tier level because they have such a dearth of talent. I mean, you look at their roster and it's low-key stacked, you know, and it's just one of those things where Dallas doesn't really know what to do with that roster yet. They don't know whether or not Taimu or AKM is the answer. They don't really know what they have in Zachary because he's been on brig duty. They are still messing around with OG and Trill. Um, I think the really only consistent part of their lineup has been Note. Yeah. And even Note is kind of like you could replace Note in that lineup easily. And then you have Closer and Unko, and then you have Harry Hook. There are so many variables with this lineup, and every player is good especially in 2-2-2 i mean we saw what taimu did against new york excelsior when he was in he looked like a man possessed he looked incredible so i think having them that low is i don't agree with it just because they're the roster is unbelievably talented as opposed to a team like florida who has like 
barely any players. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, alternatively, who do you have in last place? Yeah, Florida's easily last, and I think I have them last because the only player worth anything is Saya player. Mm. The rest of their team is fine. Like, it's per- their replacement-level s- players. We say this a lot about um, Houston, is that... And we've said this about some of the players on Dallas, uh, specifically Joseph Zachary, is that they feel lapped. Like, most of the players on Florida do feel lapped. Like, they don't hold their own against a lot of the higher teams. Yeah, and Saya player is the one player that I look at on Florida and is like, you're going to carry this team to some some five map games or you might carry them to a win because he's so talented as a player and he's you know in the top 10 of widow players in the league easily um but he doesn't have the the support Mm -hmm. and that's the biggest issue with florida that's why i have them the worst Mm -hmm. um and that's also why at least for me my 19th team i put washington just slightly above florida for the one simple reason is Washington at least has a solid amount of talent. Mm. At least three. But the issue is, you know, Corey, he's had chances to pop off, but he's had chances to pop off when other teams weren't playing their best yeah. people on their best heroes. Does Corey pop off every game if he's looking across, you know, from Ding, if he's looking across from Prophet, if he's looking across from Carpe? Is he going to do the same thing? But, I mean, you have Sleepy, Ark, I think... <sighs> Alright, I'm not going to say Sam Sam and Yanis are, are great. Mm. But they're solid options. And you did acquire two new players. I'm not entirely familiar with them. Um, uh, you know, we'll get a, we'll definitely get a look at them probably this week. I'm sure they'll get some play time. I'm sure. Um, yeah, but Washington, they at least have noticeable talent that is proven in the league. So, and for you, Taylor, uh, your 19th spot is Florida, so you just yeah. put Dallas at the bottom, which is the only real difference between yeah. your list down there. I put uh, Florida at 19th. It was, it was I, like I said, I was just thinking of how slow Dallas was the rest of the season, and that's what made me drop them all the way down. They have some incredible talent, but I feel like they're just so slow when it comes to so much. And Florida, I put in 19th because they he they do have Saya player and I can see that being what pushes them through a lot of the games like you said. Yeah. And the rest of our bottom 5 is fairly similar. And yeah. I think a lot of this bottom 5 other than your Dallas pick which I completely disagree with. The rest of our bottom 5 is similar except for one team. I mean, we both have Atlanta. We have Atlanta I have Atlanta at 16th, you have Atlanta at 16th. Yeah. I have Toronto, have Toronto at 17th and you do too. I have 18th Washington, but you have Paris. Yes, so our major difference is she has Dallas and I have Paris as the bottom. And my thing with Paris is they're for sure, I don't know this, but I I feel like you're going to ride with Shadowburn and soon Mm. because of name and because of reputation. And I'm not entirely sure if, if, well, Shadowburn and soon are going to be transcendently good. Mm-hmm. And I think you need that. Um, so I just don't know how good Paris is going to be. And I just don't really have a gauge on them. So I'm going to put them in this bottom tier. But I definitely acknowledge that Paris could end up being quite decent. I just don't know. I I put, uh, I'll just say, I put Paris at 14th because we also have at our 15th spot both the Hunters. So I put Paris at my 14th spot 
just because I was thinking how they probably can pull off the 2-2-2. I know that they have some solid, some solid players. Again, the fact that they'll probably ride the wave of Shadowburn soon didn't push them any higher than like 14th. But Fincy, uh, Nico's really good. I mean, they have a strong roster. Like, it's, it's not to disrespect the Paris players. Mm-hmm. They have good players. Yeah. Uh, I just think you look at the re- you look at the field, them against the field, and it's like, do you stack up in all these categories? You know, yeah. That, that's probably the you know the biggest concern with them. Uh, with Atlanta, I just don't know what they're going to be. Uh, Baby yeah. Bay is great, I... but he's not on that level. Yeah, I was looking at Atlanta. And, you know, looking at their roster, it's people that we've been talking about before. Dogman, Baby yeah, Bay. won our, pl- or, you know, he, he won play yeah. of the stage, the first Scrappy Awards. Yeah. Erster's very, very good. I just, it's again, just looking at all the, uh, all of them and thinking, well, I can't see them really wowing us or doing super amazing. Just because I feel like they're still like the young team, like... They don't have the experience. Even the players that are on their team that have, like, not that they don't have experience, obviously, but I feel like the players on their team have played so little, like Baby Bay, Dogman, in this kind of setting that I can see it being their downfall. Yeah, and also, I mean, just Atlanta, you have to just look at their history, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think their downfalls were goats because... They looked fine. You know, they looked fine last stage when it wasn't just all goats all the time. Yeah. The issue is they just, they're just not good enough to really close out things. Mm-hmm. And I don't really see this being any different. Uh, they are going to be probably my top 10 most exciting teams. I think they're going to be very exciting to watch, but in the end, they're not going to be a winning squad. Yeah. Um. So that kind of rounds out our bottom tiers. Uh. And then as you mentioned, like, 15th place you both have the Chengdu Hunters yeah Chengdu's gonna struggle yeah but I think Chengdu will be fine if they figure out this main tank thing mm-hmm. because once they get past that I think it's not gonna be a problem because it'll be dive heavy yeah and yeah. Amang he might make hamster dive work but if you look at his Winston compared to everyone else's every other Winston in the league yeah it doesn't stack up nope and that's really the biggest question but Jinmu is incredible and i think he's going to look really good um you look at i don't know how to say his name uh jikrin he's one of their newer signings uh he plays main tank and he came in for a mang sometimes and he looked great and i think if he gets more playing time instead of a mang uh it could be good yeah it's just Chengdu just has too many questions um what do you do with bacon jack does bacon jack really get time um, Yevatal, kind of what does he end up looking like? There's just too many questions with Chengdu to really consider them, you know, top 10. Yeah. But, you know, bottom of the top 15 is all right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's odd. Awful. So uh, 14, I have Boston. Um, I already talked about mine. Yeah. So 14, I have Boston, and then 12, I have Houston, and 11, I have the Gladiators. With Boston, the biggest question is Color Hex and Blase. And whether or not they can carry the yeah carry carry the damage load, you know, will they be able to kill enough things 
to allow the rest of their team to succeed. And um, my 13th spot, I have Houston. In my 12th spot, I have Boston. I just feel like, again, when it comes down to it, they kind of carry above the rest of these teams that I have in my list. Like 11th, Gladiators, 12th, Boston, 13th, Houston, 14th, Paris, and then 15th, the Hunters. Um, Houston, they're inconsistent. We've talked about this. I see them being more of that. I see them being more of a middle ground also. Boston, it's like you said, can Blase carry this team on his back? Uh, I have Gladiators at 11th and so do you. And I only put the Gladiators here because in Season 1 they were really bad at Dive and 2-2-2. And I feel like Gladiators is just going to keep going down. They're not going to be so terrible that they look bad. I just think Gladiators is one of those teams where it's it takes them way too long and they only have so much that they can do. So with Houston, the Houston thing, I have Houston at 12. They're not, I considered putting them into the top 10. However, what's holding them back from the top 10 is just general inconsistency that we've seen throughout the season. Yeah. And whether or not Jake will be able to shine in his role. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linkser is a proven commodity. He's very good. Yeah, I've, I, I have you no know, issue. Um, Buma is going to be a stellar player. Rockus has, has looked a lot better recently. Their whole roster has looked solid. But it's just the general inconsistency around this roster that I simply... I'm not going to reward you with the top 10 spot. And then with the Gladiators, they are not top 10 because they're a fake top tier team. We've talked about this. Yes. And and this is, this is just straight up true. You know, their roster looks disgusting on paper. Yeah. You know, you look at Decay, Sure4, Hydration, you know, you look at their entire roster top down and you're like, wow, this team should be good. But I can't get over... No playoff wins. Mm-hmm. I can't get over you facing the best teams in the league and then losing whenever they, every time you do that. Whenever they face a top team, they look, like we say, they look fake. They don't look like they... It looks like they always have easy matches to make everybody be like, wow, this is a really good team. This is a top tier. But as soon as they go against teams that are actually top tier, they look bad. And it's not even just, like, all top-tier teams. They look like they struggle against um, some of the lower-ranked teams, too, like some of the mid-tier-ranked teams that we've talked about. And it's like, if you are supposed to be in this, like, top four of all of the, like, league, why don't you look like it? So, with Gladiators, I will happily concede that they easily could be, like, top ten, top five, Mm -hmm. because of just the sheer talent on their team. However... There is this history thing that I am not willing to concede. The fact that they do not have a playoff win. The fact that they have been in the top of the standings. However, they play these meaningful games and they lose. And that's something that simply I I am just not okay with. And you can't be a top 10 team, you know, looking forward in 2-2-2 when, yeah, you might go 7-0 this stage. They straight up might go 7-0. and However... There's nothing to show that they will. Yeah, will that matter? You know, when the playoffs come, are they really going to perform? 
No. Like, history has shown that they are not going to perform. So they're not top ten for me. Yeah. Moving into your top ten, who is the bottom of the top ten for both of y'all? Fusion. I also have the Fusion at the bottom of the top ten. I have Fusion there because, like we've said, and a lot of people have said before coming into stage four on this lock on 2-2-2, the Fusion just doesn't look good. They don't look like the team from last year. And I just feel like no matter what they do, they're still a good team. They still have great individual talent. But I feel like they are not going to be any more spectacular and rise through the ranks like a Vancouver or like the Shock did. I just feel like they're going to be just above mediocre. With Fusion, Carpe is clearly good. Yeah. However, Carpe hasn't looked transcendently good like he did last season. And obviously that does have something to do with Goats mm -hmm. uh, kind of not being his style. But really the big issues are one, is Carpe going to hard carry? Because <laughs> I'm sorry, like if you look at last, last season, there were times where Carpe was just simply a hard carry. Yeah. And the rest of the team wasn't able to match up to his level and EQO is a great number two option but is EQO a great number two option with the expansion teams coming in bringing in a lot of teams with really really good number two options which we'll talk about later yeah is that a thing you know you look at their main tank line they got rid of Fraggy I think you're gonna miss him I think you're gonna miss having Fraggy on, on the team because their main take situation looks iffy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, does Poco look as good as he did last season? You know, there are so many questions. And, the, you know, they brought in Kib from Guangzhou Charge, who's a good player. And he's very, very flexible. You know, he could go Roadhog. He could go, you know, some hit scans. You know, like, he can do a lot of things. Yeah. And do you try to integrate him? Do you take out EQO and put in Kib to have that extra flexibility of maybe you want to have him go tank one map and then switch back to DPS? There are so many questions and so many like weird tiny weak spots Yeah, that I just don't know whether or not they're going to really be excellent. If, if they're going to rise. But I'm perfectly willing to understand that Carpe is a monster. Definitely. And he's just going to come in and do the hard carry thing because... He's capable of that. And he's done it before. We've seen Carpe do it even when it's not the 2-2-2 two, two, two lock. When we've, we just know that Carpe is a force to be reckoned with. He doesn't look as strong as Diem right now. But that's right now. But that's right now. Historically, Carpe I think is he is... the better one. Yes, but, you know, right now, Diem does look better, but that's right now. That is right now. So, Things change. So, you know, it, it could just be, all right, last stage he wasn't really grinding as hard on Widow. But now that we've had, you know, a week mm -hmm. and a half or so, yeah. he's kind of getting right back into it. And he's just going to come in and be like, y'all must have forgot. You know, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Carpe. Exactly. Things happen. Your number nine spots. Mine is Charge. Uh, I have the Fusion. I put... Um... Or no, I have the Valiant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, number nine, I have the Valiant. So I put the Charge in my ninth spot just because I think... They're above Philly in certain aspects. They look like they're on the rise, and I can see them easily getting into the playoffs. I mean, 
like we were saying, Carpe's like a hard carry, and, you know, Charge has just a more put-together team, so they don't need one player to carry them as far. So the Charge have, they now have Bishu? Yeah. Yeah. Who, I was a big fan of Bishu in season one. I am a big fan of Bishu in general. I think he's really, really good. Yeah. And they have Fraggy, who Fusion fans have been begging for him to play. And Fraggy is a very, very good player. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I just, I think these, uh, Bishu and Fraggy is what's going to help the charge advance. And we've seen it before where these, these players that haven't been around for like, for a while, they come in and they're hungry and they really help carry the, carry the team. Mm-hmm. And where Fusion has Carpy to carry uh, them on the their back, I believe that the charge will have Bishu and Fraggy to carry them on the back. I disagree on who you have as a carry. I think the biggest carries are Shu. Okay. Shu is... He doesn't get as much praise as Jonak or, you know, the other flex supports. But Shu has been the most consistently good player on the Guangzhou charge since stage one. I mean, he's, you know, at the top of the rankings in a lot of statistics. He is an incredible player, and Shu is a stabilizing force. And then you have to look at Hotba, who has been kind of one of the more flashy players mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, when you talk about the charge's best player, people don't say Shu. They'll mess around and be like, oh, Hotba, you know, he, he's been kind of putting it together especially in stage three and then you have to look at happy who happy i was unfamiliar with before he came in the league but at least from what i've heard experts say and just from watching him play limited amounts of dps happy is a monster and this is one of those stages where happy is going to be kind of unleashed and then i mean come on eileen like this whole team is just disgusting yeah and so, I don't. I just don't see how they're not going to be. I have them number eight. I, you know, I don't have them number nine. I have them one spot above because, mm-hmm. and I, honestly, I thought about putting them in the top five. Like I am that high yeah. on the Guangzhou Charge. So it's interesting. Your your nine through seven spots, both of you, are the same teams, just in a different order. And so it's a general tier. For, yeah. for Taylor, she has. Uh, she has. Charge in the ninth position, Soul in the eighth, and Valiant in the seventh. Whereas you have Soul seventh, Charge eight, Valiant ninth. Why do you put the Valiant below Soul in this case? I think they. I have genuine concerns that they peaked okay. last stage. These are like I genuinely believe that this could be one of those situations where they peaked last stage and now they're gonna plateau and just kind of be like a really good top ten team, but they're not going to be, like, you know, this force that they were in the regular season in Stage 3. Kareev is going to be Kareev. Mm-hmm. Under every circumstance is going to be Kareev. Uh, Fact Fiction is still going to get a lot of play time. He's very good. The X factors for this team are Agilities. Mm-hmm. Whether or not Agilities is going to live up to this potential that Agilities has had since week one of the Overwatch League when they played the Shock and everybody was like, oh, look at Agilities, oh my god. Uh, is is he going to live up to that potential? You know, people love Agilities. Will he live up to that? But then also Space. Space was taken out of the lineup mm-hmm. last stage. He, he didn't get a lot of playing time towards the end, and he didn't get any playing time in the playoffs. Will Space 
one, be in the roster? And will space excel in his position? Mm-hmm. You know, you have sure things. You have Custa and Kareev who are sure things in that lineup. And then you have a lot of question marks. Hmm. Uh, will Shax get playing time? And will Shax be able to show this apparent flex DPS skill that everybody says he has? Will he get to show that? Who knows? You know, he was called a somber one trick, but there are a lot of people that are saying he's a lot more than that. Mm. Is he? We don't know. And there are too many questions for the Valiant to have them be any higher. And also their playoff performance left me uh, uninspired for their uh, future. That's what he said about the spark when they lost to Vancouver on the first uh, map of stage three. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And, and I was right. Anyway, we'll see. Because they got beaten by the Valiant, like <clears throat> I said. <laughs> we'll see. What, uh, we'll, we'll just just remember that for later. Yeah, remember uh, that when I have the Spark as the best team in the Overwatch League. Let's remember that. <laughs> Get moving into our sixth spot. I would like to. I would like to just say yes. I put Soul and Valiant in seventh and eighth because I'm seeing that as in the top ten. Those two are kind of interchangeable. Soul hasn't impressed me as much, and Valiant has, but I can also accept the fact that Valiant can have their plateau out and Soul rise up. So that is why I have these two teams like this. Yeah, this second tier, um, and we can get to number six, uh, but this six through ten, so this mid-tier set of teams, like six through ten, I consider this the, like, teams that are very very good but have major questions around them uh you know you look at soul they just have this stacked lineup and mm-hmm. you know kind of who knows who's going to get playing time and what the optimal lineup is the charge they've historically been bad this season but this meta should accentuate like their talent the valiant tons of questions the fusion tons of questions mm-hmm. but then both of our number six team, I feel like epitomizes this questions theme the best, which is the Vancouver Titans. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I can see what issues the Vancouver Titans have. And I'm not going to say them because I know you will go into better detail about it, but we both kind of have the same idea in mind where it's Bumper and whether or not he's going to be the make or break point well so vancouver is as we all know the best team in the league yeah theoretically they basically won every game outside of one in the regular season they have tons of four o's under their belts they're dominant and they were dominant off this hyper aggressive goat style Mm -hmm. and then last stage it slowly tampered off um you know they lost to the valiant lost in the playoffs to Shanghai, but let's not act like they still weren't very, very strong outside of those two games. You know, they they were still a great team. They were a dominant force. However, now we have to look at, you know, this runaway group. This is kind of like the time where we really get to see, you know, are they about that life? (laughs) Do they stack up against the rest of the teams? And not to discount what they've done this entire season. Yeah. Because GOATS was the meta, and they dominated that meta. They came in, they smacked everybody in the face, and then they went out in a pretty good blaze of glory. Like, they, even though they lost, 
against what many considered is this season's worst team, the Valiant, and then last season's literal worst team, Shanghai. Worst team maybe in any sport of all time. Yeah. Even when they went out against those teams... It was a fight. Yeah. It was Van- a fight, and it was at those two teams' like best moments. Yeah, like, ever. every team is bringing their best to the, Va- to the Vancouver Titans, and the Vancouver Titans are taking them down. You know, they're on their Floyd Mayweather shit right now. Like, they're, they're champions, and everybody... You come for the champion, you best not miss. And a lot of teams have missed. But we need to look at one bumper, because bumper is a good Winston. But you got he... Gu- we got Gushue and Mono chilling out. Yeah, he's does not... he match up against them? Mm. I feel like he's very good, but I... does he match up? I feel like Bumper has the issue when he plays Winston. He isn't. He's so aggressive when he plays Ryan, and that's what helped him before. Is that this team knew how to? I mean, bro, you have three supports, him. so like, yeah. who cares? You know, you but can play aggressive. I feel like Bumper from the beginning. And, like, it was an ongoing joke is how much Bumper fe- feeds. And I can see that coming into this, like, dive meta being where he he becomes that feeder again. Like, that clearly obvious, like, oh, there goes Bumper dying again because he dove in at the wrong point. Here I go dying again. But he's, I mean, he's still very good. Yeah. I don't think he's just going to be a feeder like you're, you know, you're saying. I'm not saying he's going to be just completely a feeder, but I can see there's going to be that... There's going to be moments where, where he's rough but yeah i also believe bumper has the ability to just adjust his play style it's not like he always played like that he's a very yeah, risky no, 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 player no. but you can be risky when you have three supports able to just heal you up and mm-hmm. the entire team is all in on keeping you alive because you're the guy that creates the space and then you have to look at where does somensu fit in in all this and where does janu fit in in all this janu is excellent and I think he's definitely going to fit in. Is Somensu a top player like he's been this entire season? I mean, Somensu was, you know, right up there with Sinatra as best Zarya in the league, and yeah. Zarya was one of the most important parts of GOATS, and so thus Somensu was one of the best players in the league. Does that keep up? I yeah, don't know. I could see Somensu falling behind. And then you look at, you know, Haxel. Haxel is the player that, Basically, from the very beginning, everybody was like, yo, Haxel, like, like, oh, he's on Brig, he's really good at Brig, but wait until Haxel gets to play Genji, wait until Haxel gets to dive, oh my god. There are a lot of expectations on Haxel to come in Mm. and be a top 10 player in the league, regardless of role. Mm. Like, just a straight up top 10 player in the league. I don't know whether or not he's going to do that because that's a lot of pressure and that's a lot of expectations to put on yourself when you're in a league with so many talented players but that's what's expected of him yeah and he needs to live up to that expectation and everybody's been talking about how good a Haxel stitch dive is and we are going to need to see how damn good a Haxel stitch dive is yeah definitely it's gonna have to come down to where those first couple of weeks where Vancouver was still like this dominant force and they were still getting the four O's, but you could see where their mistakes were, where it was like Bumper being a little too aggressive and the team not being there to back him up. I can see that happening maybe once or twice and then things will smooth back out and they'll be back to that 
you know, very good, very strong, just dominant force. Yeah, but their roster is disgusting. Like, yeah. They still have Twilight and Slime. I'm sorry, but, you know, you have the best support line in the league, mm. damn near. This team is great, but there are a lot of questions and there's a lot of expectations because all season people have been talking up how good they are, how they made their names in Dive, how, you know, how they can match up in any composition. And while, yes, it's about the play and the gameplay, it's also about the expectations and the pressure of needing to live up to that. Yeah. And that's a big factor because that's a lot of mental stress. Yeah. And then you move into your fifth spot, which ironically both also have the same choice there. And that choice is the home I, team. I have London. Oh, wait, you do? Yeah. My fourth spot is Shaw. My bad. <laughs> it's okay. Ours are flipped. Yeah. Mm. I put London at five only because of the history London has had in the stage, but I cannot overlook the history they've had overall. Defending champs. Yeah, they're the defending champs, so I believe that London... Coming out of a meta very much similar to this kind of meta we're going into. Yeah, like, this yeah. is the meta that they won the this title is, in. This is why I think London is going to just... They're going to be the... the they're in the fifth spot just because, much like the sixth through tenth spots where we have questions, it's the fourth and fifth are kind of like, oh, these are my questionable, like, questioned spots. I don't know which one will... I'm, I'm positive that London will adapt better. And that they'll come in and they'll finally look like how London should look. It's just... There's so many... There's so many things that could go wrong for London. And I know how much you love the players on the London team. Profit, because he's the best player in the league. I'm not denying that Profit is the best player in the league, but I just, I know that you have a lot to say about said said man, but I'll let you talk about Shock first. Well, I think the Shock and London are interchangeable in yeah. my rankings. I think four or five, five or four, it doesn't matter. London is above the Shock in my eyes because you have the best player in the league and you are the defending champions mm. in a meta that is very similar to the one that you won the title in that's something you can't discount they pretty much have the same team too yeah so they're just running back that championship run I'm, i don't know you know we know what london can do in this type of meta yeah they won the title off a of last stage meta shift that threw everything to flux and it broke london's way I think this is going to be another dive, double sniper, or something like that. London is great at that. So London is one of those teams that's... They have the history of winning the freaking Overwatch League Season 1. Yeah. yeah. And then with the Shock, the biggest questions with the Shock are... Week 1, where I think we're going to learn a lot about who the Shock are going to be this stage in Week 1. Mm. Because there is an argument to say... You let Sinatra play week one just to see where Sinatra's at and where he places against everybody else. Mm -hmm. Because you've had Sinatra play all stage long, all season long. Yes. You've had Super play all season long. Yeah. That you have also you done. want to 
show them the respect of like, all right, we're going to give you a week. Mm-hmm. They're already in the playoffs, so who cares if you yeah. drop this week? You give them the respect of like, all right, we're going to give you a week to show us what you can do in this new meta. And and there's the whole adage of if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And I don't think they've proven it's broken yet. They lost to Shanghai, but I mean, Shanghai was coming off of the best Shanghai right. stage ever. Like, that was an amazing stage for Shanghai, and Shock hadn't adapted yet. And I don't know if that's entirely the player's fault. I think that is kind of a coaching thing. Like, they were trying to stick with goats when it wasn't the option to do. Well, it was like we've said last week, where it was like, stick with what you won with. So, of course, of course they were going to stick with... They they threw in a few new faces. But they won with A few old goats. faces, but they yeah. still won with goats. And goats doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, I can see where this is where Shock falls behind. I agree with you where it's... These two teams are interchangeable. And I also agree with you where I think... They will throw out Sinatra and Super this first week and be like, hey, let's see what you're doing, it's what just you're out up of, to. It's just out of respect. Like, yeah. you let them do this this one week, see how it is, and then immediately bring in Architect, <laughs> Smurf, and, yeah. and Striker yeah. and just ride that. But you need to show them the respect of you are the two players that brought us here, mm. and we're not just going to immediately bench you even though everyone kind of knows Striker and Architect are better, mm. and Smurf is a better option. Yeah. But just show them, like, hey, you know, we're going to let you get this weekend, and maybe Super is incredible, you know? Yeah, yeah we never know. Because everybody thought Super was trash the first season. Yeah. Everybody thought Super was trash the first stage, and then Super ended up being pretty damn Amazing, good. Amazing, yeah. Yeah. And same with Sinatra. Like, you know, Sinatra wasn't a god-level Zarya in the World Cup. No. He simply wasn't. And then through coaching and experience, he became a god tier Zarya. Mm-hmm. So, you know, can he be one of the best tracers in the league? Can he be one of the best widows? Like, it could just be a coaching thing where Sinatra just needs some time to be coached, and suddenly, you know, he's right next to Striker in terms of tracer play. Maybe, maybe, maybe they suddenly do something weird, and since he was playing like Zarya, and they just like go sim and just fucking be weird. I don't know. That's you never, never know. gonna happen. That's never gonna happen, but can the you shocker, imagine? The Shocker to... They are too restrictive in how they yeah, run things. Fair. They they go with what works. The only time they they ran Symmetra was literally a, the biggest flex of all time. That's Let's fair. not forget. Um, and then, so, here's where things get interesting, because both of you have NYXL as your number two team. However, your first and third teams are flipped, and... Let's talk about New York first, because we yeah. both yeah. have New York. Let's as talk about New two. York first before we get to the last two. I mean, everyone who's paying attention knows who those last two teams are, but they don't know who picked who yeah. where. Can we really not have New York in the top three? I, I feel like it's criminal if you don't. I, I I have to agree. And you're a terrible person if you don't. Honestly. New York, <laughs> you are a terrible person. You should feel bad if you do not have NYXL in the second to third spot. Sure. Um, I picked New York because again we've talked about them several times i just think new york is too good to look past when it comes to the two 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 lock there when i think of amazing games from last season i think of i think of them i think of philly and i think of london and right now nyxl still looks like one of the best teams in the league it's not like a fake team like Gladiators. They're literally up there, and they have some of the best players on their team. They're the number two team in the league. 
they barely lose. They lose in the playoffs, but all right, mm-hmm. cool. Like uh, the choking thing, yes, it's a thing, but also you're just not gonna win all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're consistent. You have Savio B, who's the best tracer in the league, next to Striker. But you know, Striker hasn't been in the league, so Savio B is the best by default. Sure. Savio B is the best. You have Libero. Yeah. Who, just like a Libero in volleyball, Mm. does everything. (laughs) You have Nene, who has shown himself to be a top-tier player. Mm -hmm. Very true. Jonak. You have fucking Jonak. Oh my god. You have Mono, who right now is the second best tank in the league. Yeah. Right now, in my opinion. The best tank in the league is in my number one spot, but Mono's second best right there. And then you just look up and down the roster and... You think, all right, you have Pine, who, all right, Libero and Nene do everything better than Pine, but <laughs> but we like you still Pine. have you still have him. Yeah, Pine still is there. Your, is one of those players. Like, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Pine is one of those players where it's like he's still wanted in like the All Star game. We saw him. He's still wanted around. He's still one of the like people talked about when it comes to NYXL. And I just think they have such a solid team and they have such a solid coaching staff behind them that I think this is the best thing that could have happened to them so late into the uh, season. Yeah, because they're just more talented See, than everybody. Like you, like you said, they, they have players that are better than Pine. But you know what's amazing about having Pine and having players better than Pine? If something happens to one of those players, you still have Pine! Yes, if... Yeah. if Freaking Nene gets sick. Cool, we have Pine throwing. Yeah, exactly. And then you saw Flower sitting on the bench, which Ooh. Flower has been a disappointment. You know, <laughs> but shout out to Alarm, who might be the next Flower. Um, let's be honest, everybody. Let's be completely honest. But Flower is still a talented player. Yeah. And who knows what Flower is right now? Because, you know, when Flower first came to the league, he hasn't. He wasn't good. He got some playing time this this season. Mm-hmm. wasn't very good but okay this is a new meta it's, and flower could still come in if a player gets sick if a player just isn't feeling it that week all right flower you can you can play the roster is just disgusting and they have top five players in every single position they have a top they have top five tanks they have top five supports they have top five dps mm-hmm. that's just something you can't match you yeah. can't touch that yeah and they're proven they're proven in a dive and double sniper meta like i said this is nyxl has what it takes to just be really really spectacular i mean they are already spectacular yeah they've only lost like two games yeah no i'm just saying they have what it takes now to be even better and to shine even more and not to kind of fall in the shadow of like vancouver and shock because they weren't the best at goats but they weren't the worst at goats yeah they're they're yeah and now uh your first and third teams. I'll let you go first. I put Spark in third and Shanghai in first. I put Spark in third. I know that Gushui is amazing. The best tank in the league. I know that Spark has some really solid talent. I just think that they, like the Shock, are a slow burn. It takes took them so long to get behind the goats meta that I can see this being 
the same problem. And I've said this before, Spark tends to kind of take it a little too slow. Shanghai, I can see, like you said, being that being their peak. I just think that Shanghai has a solid team and a solid staff behind them and they work better overall as a team. Not saying that Spark doesn't work better overall as a team. I just can feel that Spark, much like at the very beginning, was very slow to get to where they are at the end of the last stage. And now at changing, I can see Spark being too slow to get back into the swing of things. We're 21 games into the season, so I don't buy the slow to get into a thing. We're 21 games into the season, and they've had time to play together and really build chemistry. I, at the beginning of the season, they didn't have Overwatch League experience. Being on that stage was completely weird and different to them. But now they're a veteran team. They've played 22, 23, 24, whatever games. They've been in the playoffs. They've had this consistent level of excellence. You know, the Spark are only getting better, and they've only been getting better. And why I have the Spark as the number one team is I think Dive is going to be kind of the meta, and realistically the spark have the most terrifying dive comp possible in the sense of Gushui is the best Winston in the league bar none I will not accept anyone else being the best Winston in the league mm -hmm. he's one of the best tanks in the league just in general the best tank and then you have a crystal godsby dive as your two DPS sitting with IDK just backing up your team you have. I don't. I don't think that's that's all you need. I think your Crystal Godsby dive is easily the most potent offensive force in the league, and I think it completely outdoes Ding and Diem in terms of if we end up with dive heavy stuff, they they're significantly more dangerous than Diem and Ding. Um, so I think off the backs of Gushue, Crystal Godsby, you still have Bazzi who is a wonderful player that just doesn't get a lot of playing time, but he's incredible to bring in off the bench. I just don't... Bebe, like, you just keep... You just name players, and they're always getting better. Mm -hmm. I just can see the spark dominating the league, and with Shanghai, I think stage three was a peak, and even in stage three, it's not like they were this destructive force that destroyed everybody all stage. Shanghai still dropped games to Guangzhou. And they, they, still, they just kind of hopped off right at the end. Yeah, you know, they, they were amazing at the right time. But with Shanghai, Diem is obviously the best widow in the league right now. Mm -hmm. But do they keep it up? Like, Shanghai Does, is inconsistent enough where you're like, you're going to drop games. You're going to lose to good teams. And, They're not so far in ahead. And, you know, as people may know, I don't have the most love for widow. Does Widow really beat an amazing dive team? One, the best Widow in the league versus the best entire dive team. Like, I what's really going to happen? I think absolutely terrorizes every single Widow that tries to come through because he's just such a transcendently good Winston. Mm. And 
that's just I think that's what it comes down to. They are going to they're they've been consistently getting better every single stage, and I think this is the stage where it really clicks. Mm. So, I think the so, Spark are the number one team. In conclusion, I have compiled a kind of average out of and been swayed by debates and such, and partially my own opinion. Compiled our final. 100% approved Nathan stamp of authenticity scrapyard media worst two best list of teams going into 222 and so in 20th we have Florida 19th Washington 18th Paris 17 Toronto 16 Atlanta 15 Chengdu 14 Dallas 13 Boston 12 Houston 11 Gladiators 10 Philly 9 the Valiant, the LA Valiant. Eight Charge, seven Seoul, six Vancouver, five Shock, four London, three New York Excelsior, two Shanghai, and one The Spark. And before we close out this episode, interesting things happened. We just got a new character now, Sigma. So, who wants to talk about that? Uh, after this podcast, I'm go home, play on the PTR Sigma. But I think Sigma is, like, this weird off-main tank. Like, he's he's very in this middle zone, and I don't know... You know, like, we had Rascal, who became, like, the defining Baptiste. Um, Miro is known for, you know, kind of being this, hey, look, it's a new character, let me be the best at this new character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I wonder who's going to take... You know, we're not going to see Sigma until next season. Mm -hmm. But I wonder which player is going to become the defining... Sigma player because I think Sigma's going to be in the World Cup. Mm. Yeah, I can so see that. Yeah, who's going to take Sigma into the World Cup and be incredible? And I mean, if you look at Sigma's kit, I think a pro level Sigma is going to be probably some of the best looking play in the world because even just looking at Seagull's stream earlier today when you know he was just messing around with Sigma. Yeah, that was. There insane. were some of the things where it was like, bruh. Like, if you're doing this with, like, what, three hours of Sigma, I can't imagine what a top-level tank is going to do. Mm -hmm. And I think it just comes down to people figuring out, one, what Sigma is in his optimal form, mm -hmm. whether he's a main tank, whether he's, you know, another really good tank working with Arisa, whether he's really good working with D.Va, kind of what his role is. Mm -hmm. And then having the players that specialize in an off tank or a main tank role play a lot of sigma and really work out the tiny intricate details of him but i mean he's a great character but if you want to catch up on any of our good times and fun little bits anywhere else remember to do that on social media at scrapyard media either on twitter or instagram you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts at that same handle at scrapyard media including youtube we're back baby and finally, if you want to play games with us, you can do that on Steam, Xbox, or PlayStation, all at Scrapyard Media. Don't play games with my heart, though. <laughs> Roll outro. Yeah, yeah.